Good morning, new creation. Come on, y'all, sing a little bit of this with me. Come on, sing this with me. Who opens doors that I cannot see? Jesus will. Jesus will. Come on, new creation. Come on, come on, come on, everybody. Say, when I'm in trouble, he gives me a song. Say that, y'all. Come on, in commas. Come on, come on. Come on, come on. And in the night season, and all the day long. Come on, y'all. Come on, come on. This is the first day of another month. Who makes me do right? Say that. Come on. Come on, come on, y'all. And I will do wrong. Jesus. Say Jesus in the chat. Jesus in the chat. He will. I know he will. I tried it by myself. Oh, yeah. Here it is. Yeah. Come on, y'all. Jesus will. I know he will because he said he will. Yeah. Come on, y'all. Yeah. Yeah, I know he will. <laughs> he said he will. Oh, didn't that feel good for a few moments? Come on, give God some praise in the house this morning. Good morning, new creation. Good morning. It is an amazing morning. It is an amazing morning. And before we even get started, all the October birthdays, come on, let's give God some praise for the October birthdays. Praise the Lord. Happy birthday to all of you. And then all the anniversaries in October, let's salute those husbands and wives who got married in this month. God bless you. What a wonderful day. We've had uh, Lord's Supper. We've remembered all that Jesus did at the cross, at the cross, where I first saw the light. Somebody say, it's the light. And the burdens of my heart were rolled away. Oh, good, good morning again, New Creation. It's so good to be back with you. We took a couple of weeks off to prepare and get our minds moved and shifted into this series. We're getting ready to kick off today. And so, my beloved, to all our first-time guests, Good morning. We're glad that you're with us to our family mission in Thailand, to all our digital community uh, members who hang out with us on, on, on Sunday mornings. Welcome again back to New Creation Outreach Ministries. We are a Bible-teaching, Bible-believing Christian education church called Kingdom Focus. Somebody type it in the chat, Kingdom Focus Church. And so we are glad 
to be back in the service one more time, one more time. And my beloved, as we get going today, I want to continue to uh, have us all continue to be careful. I will be bringing a video infomercial to you to talk about what we're going to be doing, our plans as we move now into the fall, as we continue to look at this virus and what's happening now. We're going to give you some things, so look forward to that infomercial coming to you. We want to have, we got some plans. Uh, we're trying to be very careful, but we want to possibly do some things, and so we're going to be looking at that. Look forward to that. Amen? And so let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, in the name of Jesus, I know you will. I know you will because I've tried you for myself. I've tasted and seen that if you say it, you will do it. I know you will because you said you will. Thank you, Lord, for the spirit and the joy of the Lord that is our strength. As we come before your presence and your throne this morning, Father, we lift up those who are sick and suffering, Lord. We lift up those. Our country is in a complete tailspin. There is so much going on around us, Father. And, Lord, it is the church that is the light. It is the church that is the answer. And so I pray, Lord, for you help us, the church, be the church in times of trouble, in these unprecedented times. Father, I ask that you again continue to cover our members, keep us safe and sound, keep us steadfast, keep us faithful to you, faithful to what we've committed that we would do as a body together. And Father, Lord, again, help those who are in great peril and great need this morning. Father, I, we lift up our president. We lift up all those that are in the Congress that are now dealing with this virus, Father, we lift up him. We lift up his wife, Father. We ask you to be, great, be gracious, Father. Have mercy on him, Father. He needs you, Father, Lord. The way he behaves and the things that he says is because he doesn't know you yet. And so, Father, we pray that you bring him out of that storm of the virus, Father, and give him an opportunity, Father, to say, what must I do to be saved? Bless us now as we move into the hour of teaching. We so love you. Oh, how we love Jesus because you first loved us. Bless us now. Use me above and beyond that which I prepared. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, once again, my beloved, it's so good to be with you this morning. I so look forward to our time together. And we are having a great time, even though we haven't been able to assemble and haven't assembled back yet. You know, all our ministries are rolling. All our classes are going, our Bible Institute, everything that we were doing while we were physically in the building, we have not ceased to do any of those things because we always knew that uh, the ministry, the work of the ministry in the church cannot be, is not defined by a physical address. And so I want to thank all of you for being faithful to our church. And for those who maybe have uh, finding another place to go and worship, it is fine. It is okay. God bless you as well. And so, my beloved, as we get going today, uh, again, to our first-time guests, we're glad that you came to worship with us. And again, if you are with us here the first time, you're, you're hanging in with us for uh, this weekend because we're beginning a new teaching series, what I have uh, deemed that's a timely teaching series entitled Capitol Hill or Zion's Hill. In whom do you trust? In whom do we trust? And beloved church, in light of the myriad of critical and unprecedented Things happening in our world, my beloved, and our nation coupled with this pandemic that has the whole world in a vice grip, so to speak. And with the impending election 
uh, time approaching us, my beloved. New creation, I felt compelled in my spirit that there's some things that we need to ensure we understand as we approach the ballot box this year. As, and we need to, there's some things we need to be in tune with our Lord about going into what will be one of the most important election uh, years uh, ever. When you consider the strife, when you consider the economic hardship, when you consider the racial discord, when you consider the turf wars that are going on in Congress uh, and a virus that's killing hundreds of people every day, John and Jackie, we are in the middle of a destructive tsunami. My beloved, we're in the middle of a tsunami of unprecedented proportions. And so, my beloved, I was led to journey us back to a teaching series that we taught nine years ago to our church. Many of you weren't even here at the time. Many of you probably don't even remember it. But again, uh, as we, again, to get, to get ready to prepare to go to the polls in less than 35 days, my beloved, I thought it would be timely to go back, to journey back, to look at some key topics about our government, my beloved, regarding our decisions that we all need to ensure we understand, my beloved. And we got to understand it, my beloved, not from a political perspective. We have to think as we go to the polls this year from a spiritual perspective. Somebody type it in the chat. It's a spiritual thing that we have to deal with. It's a spiritual thing. Somebody type it in the chat. It's Zion's Hill. It's all about Zion's Hill, my beloved. And so, Mama Pat, our objective over the next few weeks is to lay down a biblical foundation through a bit of history, we're going to take a historical journey, my beloved, for us to remember some very ne necessary things, Tanika, regarding the Bible and our responsibility towards the government and the men and women who represent all of us on Capitol Hill. And so, my beloved, today, today is going to be the beginning of, of a four-part series Again, entitled Capitol Hill or Zion's Hill, starting with our first subject today. Somebody type it, get it down, write it down. For thine is the kingdom and power. Thine is the kingdom and power. Let's look here now at this video. Then you will know the truth. Then you will know the truth. An unprecedented time. It's important to know the truth. The truth that our founding father set for us. We need to know. We need to remember. Yes, 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 my beloved. This nation was founded <laughs> by Christ's followers. Hallelujah. 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 No king but Jesus. King Jesus. Yes. We need to understand our constitution, my beloved. My God, my God. My God. We're going to learn a few things today. We're going to go back to make sure that we can remember some things as we move forward in 35 days from now. 
God, it was one God who gave us liberty. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, my Savior. My Savior forever. Yes, oh God. <laughs> to the King of glory, majesty, majesty. Talk about the birth of a nation. Forged on a cross. Yes. Yes. Yes, my beloved. Church, nobody wants to talk about it. But America has a biblical foundation created by Father God. And my beloved, as we get going today, once again, we are going to be dealing with what we see, or maybe let me not say what we see, what I see on Capitol Hill. Uh, as I'm an observer and I'm one who's into what's going on in our world, what's into going on with our government. What I see, we're going to talk about as we get into this series, we're going to talk about the turf wars that are going on between uh, Democrats and Republicans. And I call it power, money, and turf wars. We're going to talk about power, money, and turf wars in this series. My beloved, we're looking at the body of Christ and our government. Somebody write that down. We're going to learn some things about the body of Christ and our government that we need never forget because it's, and now we're in a time where we're faced with making sure, having a necessity to understand the government and the body of Christ, my beloved. E pluribus unum means out of many, one. I don't know if they, if they really, they, they, they quote that up on Capitol Hill, but I don't know that they really live that. And what does that mean? Look what, look what Malachi 2 and 10 says. Do we not all have one father? <laughs> Did not one God create us all? I know it, John and Jackie, we don't act like that. But we have a creator. And we're, we are one. And so, my beloved, as we get going, this, this is the teachings that we're going to cover. It's not a long series. We're going to start today with part one of thine is the kingdom and power. We need to understand that as we go to the polls in 35 days. Then we're going to, there's going to be a part two to thine is the kingdom and power with understanding God rules government. Somebody type that in the chat. It is God, my beloved. Who rules government. And then we're going to look in the third week. We're going to go to king's kingdoms. And then you better, you better look to God. You know, there are kings and kingdoms. But God is ruling and reigning. And then we're going to close it out. With how should we live. We're going to make sure you know. When you go to the polls. That you vote the Bible. You vote the Bible. And so my beloved. As we get going today. Keith and Dorothy. As we open this series. Today is all about foundation. All of you who are members of our church, y'all know anytime pastor starts a new series, we always start with the foundation. We always start with uh, the platform for where we're going to move. And so let's kind of go through and see where we're going to be going today. Listen, here we start with our foundation scriptures. Notice what Hosea 4 and 8 says. The people appointed uh, kings without his consent. 
and princes without his approval. <laughs> but by making idols, and how do they do that? By making idols for themselves from their silver and gold, they brought about their own destruction. Oh, somebody's already feeling where we're going to be going. Hallelujah. Look at Daniel 2 and 21. These are our foundation scriptures that's going to support everywhere we go in these four weeks. He, God, knows all and does all. God, he, God challenges the seasons and guides history. It is God who raises up kings and he knows how to bring them down. Oh, my beloved, in the unprecedented times, the racial discord, the anger, the bitterness that a lot of people are feeling, we don't have to worry. God is in full control. Look at Romans 13 and 1. There is no authority. Somebody say it in the chat. There is no authority, but uh, no power except from God. There is no power. There is no authority. I know those. I know our uh, congressional representatives up on Capitol Hill. They, you know, they volley back and forth and fight over turf all day long. But they need to understand. <laughs> there is no power. There's no power except from God. Look at Acts five and nine. But if it is of God, you will not be able to stop. You will not be able to overthrow, my beloved. You will not be able to destroy them. Look what it says here. You might even be found fighting against God. Oh, my. What a beautiful text of Scripture, my beloved. That's so fitting for this, for this series. And here we, here we go. Proverbs 14, 34. Righteousness, in other words, right standing with God, my beloved, exalts a nation. We know this passage of Scripture. But sin, notice what it says here, rejecting God, turning from God, acting like God doesn't exist, is a disgrace. It's a reproach to any person or persons. Oh, and look at Psalm 11 and 3. If the foundations wander of the righteous, in other words, if law and order are destroyed, what can the righteous do? If law and order are destroyed, what can we do? We're going to find that out, what we can do. And oh, my beloved, and here's our first teaching. Here's our teaching outline. Here's where we're going today. Thine is the kingdom and power. We're going to look at the founding fathers of government were spiritually principled leaders. Many of them, not all of them, but many of them men were spiritually principled leaders. And we're going to recognize that they are the ones who had character. Character is missing in our Congress today. They believed God before the founding fathers. And then we're going to recognize and we're going to learn today a little bit about the fact that we all, you got to know your government. Before you can go and vote anything, you got to know your government. You got to know and understand the providence of God. You got to understand that, my beloved. And we're going to close out with looking and just going to go down a little history of understanding that the government and nations, somebody type it in the chat, just type under God in the chat. The government and all nations are under God. They're under God. <laughs> I know they don't act like they're under God, but my beloved, they are under God. Let's continue to move. We ain't going to be long today. Our learning objective for the series, look what it says here. To, uh, what's the purpose of this teaching? We need to identify the relationships between politics, political platforms, and the gospel, the word of God. We got to know the difference. What else are we going to do for this, in this series? Why are we having this series? 
We are members of society, but look what it says, but citizens of the kingdom of God. Yeah, we're members down here, but our citizenship is in heaven. Somebody say amen. What's the reason for this teaching? We need to embrace, my beloved, that when the political kingdoms collide with the biblical kingdom, the church's decisions and choices must be tethered to the word of God. Somebody shout hallelujah. I feel my help coming on. I'm about to explode upon you guys. Let's keep moving. What's the PowerPoint wisdom key for our series? Kingdom citizens are not Democrats. I'm going to say that again. We are not Democrats. We are not Republicans, or, and we are not of any political party. I know that has messed somebody up. I know that has messed somebody up that, you know, we got, we got a lot of fighting going on right now. We got a lot of anger and bitterness going on right now. But if you're a Christian, you, out of, you, you, you are out of place. Why? Because there are no political parties in the kingdom of God. There is only a kingdom party in the kingdom of God, governed by the word and the providence, somebody say providence, of God. So what does that mean? Political platforms or political parties do not, somebody shout do not, do not govern our decisions, our behaviors, and our living. Why? Because we're Christ followers. We are Christ followers. Somebody's going, to get, somebody's going to get some good stuff over these next four weeks. We are Christ followers. And then what's the big question for the series? Let's move on here. Let's look at the big questions we're going to answer in these four weeks. What is the function of government, give, what is the function of government given to man by God? What, God has given man government, but do they know what they're supposed to be doing, my beloved? As Christ followers, how are we to view and think about government and the appointed representatives for the people? We, the people. How are we to select, that is, vote for representatives? They're supposed to be servants of the people. How are we supposed to select them? And finally, it says, what should Christ followers do when, government, when, when the government's servants are crooks and crooked? They're corrupt. What should we do? What is our response? Are we helpless, my beloved? Oh, my beloved, absolutely not. And so New Creation Outreach Ministries, as a nation, I want you to listen to the words of, 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 of one of the founding fathers, Abraham Lincoln. Listen to what Abraham Lincoln says. In a time of, of, of like now, he, 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 he challenged the nation. He, it's, he says, it behooves us to humble ourselves before the offended power, Ooh, to confess our national sins and pray for our clemency and forgiveness. This, 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 is, one from, this is from Abraham Lincoln. This is from the president. Now, therefore, in compliance with the request, and fully concurring in the views of the Senate, I do by, by this proclamation, designate and set apart Thursday, the 30th day of April, 1863, as a national day of humiliation. The President of the United States, because the people, the nation, was a hot mess, very much like we have, what we're seeing today on Capitol Hill and, and in our world. He said, we're going to de declare it a day of national humiliation, a day of fasting and prayer. And I do by here request all people, he said, to abstain 
on that day from their ordinary secular pursuits and for us to unite as their several places of public worship and the prospective homes in keeping the day holy to the Lord and devoted to the humble discharge of the religious duties proper to that solemn occasion. And then he quoted, blessed, Psalm 33, blessed is the nation whose God is Lord. Blessed are the people he has chosen for his own. Oh, my beloved. New creation, can you imagine a president and a Congress making the above what I just proclaimed, making a proclamation? Can you imagine that happening Today, my beloved, how we have digressed to a horrible pit of decay and immoralism. And so, new creation, what we're going to pay close attention to over these next few weeks is to understand, somebody hear it here, it was God and, and, and a many, a number of spiritually principled leaders that founded this nation and the world. Somebody type it in the chat. It was God. It was God. And it's an unprecedented time that we're living in, beloved, a time of just decay and sin and evil and filth, TV. And, I mean, you're going to have to really just uh, pay attention to what your children are watching on television, on the Internet, all these different social media platforms that, that everybody, Satan has just got everybody consumed with. And so, my beloved, we're living in a time where people are emotionally divided. Somebody say amen. And they are separated. There's people that people are today are angry over a number of storms, over a number of trials that, that they're facing, that our nation is facing, uh, especially in a time. And here we are in an intense, somebody didn't recognize it, we are in, in an intense and most passionate election season. I know many of you saw the uh, you saw the the president and and the uh, the president uh, vying President Biden vying for the presidency. I know you guys saw them standing next to one another and and that hot mess, uh, that brawl, that disgrace before the nation, that disgrace before the world. How it, it just it just it just it just it was it was nothing fruitful. It was nothing spiritual about it. It was nothing Abraham Lincoln about that, my beloved. And that, sadly, we need to understand, sadly, is centered around what? It's all about politics. Dre, it's about politics instead of caring for people. It's all about money, power, and turf wars. Somebody type it in the chat, money, power, and turf wars. And so, my beloved, we're instead of uh, up there on Capitol Hill, them worrying and caring about people who have lost jobs, people who have lost loved ones, people who are suffering, people who are stressed out, divorce rates going up, psychological issues going up. Instead of them worrying about trying to get something done to help the people, there's all, it's all about politics. It's all about politics. New creation, the times we are living in and experiencing, it's about politics. It's about political platforms and parties. Two parties. 
power, money, and turf wars between Republicans and Democrats. And oh, my beloved, how we need spiritually principled leaders like our founding fathers, many of our founding fathers. And so, my beloved, we thus, we, 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 we you know, we're in a time of, of just stress, stress and strain. And so we felt it very timely to have us focus on a number of topics to teach from the subject of Capitol Hill or Zion's Hill with this first message, Thine is the Kingdom and power. And so, my beloved, as we begin today, men, 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 listen to the Spirit of God and your pastor. It is important for all of us to remember that many of the founding fathers were spiritually principled leaders. They were spiritually principled. And I'm going to prove it to you as we take a little stroll down history lane here. They were. See, the founding fathers were spiritually principled for one reason, my beloved. They believed the world and nations belonged to a sovereign and providential holy God. That's why they were spiritually principled. They believed God. I wonder is there anybody on Capitol Hill, you believe God. They're so busy fighting with one another. They're so busy worrying about. And it, 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 it's an amazing thing, my beloved. Ladies, it's an amazing thing. They are so, you know, when I, when I watch them uh, when they're in chamber, they're always so gracious to one another. The gentleman from Kentucky, uh, uh, John Doe. Uh, the madam from the, the great state of Mississippi, uh, Jenny Craft. And soon after they get through with their pleasantries, Dre, they get to acting a fool. Soon as they get through with their pleasantries, they get to acting a fool. They remind me of gangbangers fighting over turf, and the turf doesn't even belong to them. Somebody type it in the chat. The turf is ours. It's ours. My, how we have moved away from a place where we need, we don't have any spiritually principled congressmen and congresswomen. Oh, my beloved, but we need to understand, even with all of that, thine is the kingdom and the power. Let's understand. Look what it says. They believe the world and nations belong to a sovereign and providential goalie God. Why were they, why were they spiritually principled? They morally, uh, Scott, they morally believed the government and nations needed to be built on the God of the Bible. They believed that. Jacob, they believed that. We don't know what they believe on Capitol Hill other than what they show us. Other than what they show us, we don't know if not one of them have any spiritual. They all say the right things in, the, in a moment. But let's take a, a trip down uh, 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 history lane so that we can understand that, again, the founding fathers had a different spirit. Look what it says here. Those nations are only blessed whose God is the Lord. That was Abraham Lincoln again. Look up here. But for the Bible, we could not 
right. We could not know right from wrong. Again, this is Abraham Lincoln. Look what it says up here. The Christian religion is above all the religions. That was John Adams. He said that. Let's keep moving. Look up here. This is George Washington and a few of the other ones. It is the duty of all nations to acknowledge the providence of Almighty God, to obey his will, to be grateful for his benefits, and humbly implore his protection and favor. I don't, I, we couldn't pay a group of them to sit around a table up on Capitol Hill right now and have a prayer session. We couldn't pay them. Look what it says here. George Washington says, it is impossible to rightly govern the world without God in the Bible. It is impossible. It is, and it is impossible, my beloved. Look, what, look up here. It is, this is from, this is from the, the, the U.S. Supreme First Chief Justice. It is our duty of our Christian nation to select and prefer Christians for our leaders. You know what's wrong with our Congress? We don't have enough true men and women of God. That's something we've got to change, my beloved. We have to raise up a remnant of men and women who love God and won't get up there and get lost in the turf wars, get lost in the special interests. Somebody say, oh, it's all about science Hill. Oh, my beloved, look up here. It cannot be emphasized too strongly or too often. We're just going down history lane. It cannot be emphasized too strongly or too often that this great nation was founded not by religionists but by Christians, not on religion, no, 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 but on the gospel of Jesus Christ. Oh, my God. If somebody said Jesus Christ in the chamber today, they might, they might run him out and say he's crazy. Look what it says up here. For this is the very reason peoples of other faiths have been afforded asylum, prosperity, and freedom of worship in our great nation. And who said that? Patrick Henry, one of the founding fathers of the United States, one of the founding fathers, one of the first uh, governors of the state of Virginia. Is anybody kind of getting it? We're just going down history lane right now. Noah Webster. You know who Noah Webster is? Webster's Dictionary. Webster's Dictionary. Look what he said. This is all folks in that time. The moral principles and precepts contained in the scriptures ought to form the basis of all civil constitutions and laws. All the miseries and evils which men suffer from vice, crime, ambition, injustice, oppression, slavery, and war proceed from their despising or neglecting the precepts contained in the Bible. Noah Webster wrote that way back then. And he spoke, everything's up here is what's happening now. If he knew that what he wrote way back then in the 1800s was actually going on right now, he couldn't believe it. He would not believe it. We're just going down history lane. Look, John Hancock, he was the sign of the Declaration of Independence. Look what he said, that all may bow to the scepter of our Lord Jesus Christ, oh, Jesus Christ, and that the whole earth may be filled with his glory. Oh, my God. Look what it says. We recognize no sovereign but God, no king but Jesus. Is anybody... Seeing why we are in the mess we're in. We have digressed from many of the founding fathers. See, America is a nation created and founded on Father God. But we all have digressed 
just as the Bible said we would, to a state of just pestilent immorality. Look up here. E pluribus unum, I've already told you what it, what it means, the love of one, and it means the preservation of the other. In other words, e pluribus unum, again, it really means that we are, to, we are to live in such a way as the Bible tells us, that we are to have a unity about ourselves. But here's the problem on Capitol Hill, my beloved. They think unity means uh, 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 sameness. Unity doesn't mean sameness. We, uh, you all got, we, we, you, everybody got to believe political, got to believe republic. You, you ain't a Republican. Oh, no. Everybody's got to believe Democrat. What they don't know, like our founding fathers knew, Rose, is that unity does not mean sameness. Unity doesn't mean sameness. We don't have to all talk the same language. We don't all have to have the same convictions. You know what unity means in the body of Christ? Unity in the body of Christ means, simply means agreement. How can two walk together except they be in agreement? But because we don't have any congresswomen and any enough congresswomen and enough congressmen on Capitol Hill, Zion's Hill, promoting Zion's Hill, we have what we have. Oh, boy, we're going to have some fun over these four weeks. My beloved, e pluribus unum. I catch them all the time quoting e pluribus unum. But they don't really know what it, see, they, what they remind me of, Satan can quote scripture. But it was Jesus who had to check him and correct him because he didn't know what the scriptures meant. He just quoted scripture. They just quote, e pluribus unum, e pluribus unum. They don't, and all they, all they always say is e pluribus unum. They never, they never quote what it means. And they quote it most times when the cameras are rolling. <laughs> what a time, my beloved, we are in. And so, my beloved, we've just gone down uh, 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 just a little bit of about of what Capitol Hill uh, 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 and, and our spiritually our founding fathers, what they gave us. We just went down a little history lane. Because why? Many of the founding fathers were spiritually principled. They believed God. This brings us to how many of you really know in our, just, just keeping with our outline, we're we about to be done in a minute. This, this just brings us to our outline, how many of us really know our government? How many of you really know the government? How many of you really know your government? Let's all go, my beloved, uh, to the 17th chapter of Acts, and we're going to look at verses 24 through 27. We're going to go there. And while you're going there, uh, I want you to recognize, Mama Faye, Mama CJ, we don't act like it, but we live in a nation under God. We don't act like it. We don't even act like it in the church half the time, fighting, discord, disagreement, people hopping from one church to the other over nonsense. Can't get along. We sometimes forget we are under God. We are under God. Look what it says here. If you're going to know your government, first thing we all got to know is we are a government under God. Look what Psalms 103 and 19 says. The Lord has established his throne in the heavens and his sovereignty rules over all. 
Didn't say his sovereignty rules over some, some, some areas, some nations, some kingdoms. No, it says here the kingdom of God is Christ Jesus, his son, and the church. Christ Jesus and the church. What is it? The kingdom of God is not in heaven. The kingdom of God is Christ Jesus and the church ruling and reigning on planet earth. I know some of you have never heard that before, but that's what the kingdom of God really is all. That's what it really means. Jesus Christ and the church and the church. We got to get together on, in Second Chronicles. We, got, we, we haven't repented. The church is, is way behind the curve. But when we get it together, we're supposed, to be, we're supposed to join Christ and rule and reign on planet earth. Somebody say planet earth. Oh, my beloved. We are a nation under God. And I want us to read just those verses in, again, the 17th chapter of Acts. I know all of you have had a chance to take your Bibles and go there. This is going to be the only area of Scripture we're going to read today from the Word of God. I've already given you many Scriptures, but this is the one where I want you to pick your Bible up. Follow along with me as I read, starting at verse 24. It says, The God who made the world and everything in it, He is Lord of heaven and earth. And he does not live in shriners, shrines made by hand. No, he does not live in shrines made by hand. Verse 25, neither is he served by human hands. Uh-uh, no, no, he's God. As though he needed anything from anybody. Since why? Why? Since he himself gives everyone life and breath and all things. We are a nation under God. But we don't act like it. Look at verse 26. From one man, he has made every nationality, every nationality, every nationality to live over the whole earth and has determined, my beloved, their appointed times and the boundaries of where they live. Look at verse 27. He did this so that they might seek God and perhaps they might reach out and find him, though he be not far from any one of us. I'm going to go on and read, keep reading for a few more verses. For in him we live and move and have our being, as even some of your own poets have said, for we are also his offspring. My, 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 we don't live like it. Phil and Sherry, we don't act like it, not even in the church most times. But we are a nation under God. That's something that we have to remember and we have to know and we have to bear in mind as we get ready to go to the polls in 35 days. We need to understand this. Let's keep moving. We're going to get, we just want to give you a few things that I just want to make sure that we understand because we got to be prepared as we get ready to move and go in these next 35 days. There's some things that, my beloved, we got to make sure we know. There are three institutions that God has established, that God has set up, has set up with regard to us understanding and knowing about our government. God has set up these three. The family institution is the biblical model for a family, marriage sanctity, a man and a woman, not a man and a man, not a woman and a woman. And when we go to the polls... We got to be thinking about that. What's the second institution that God established and created? He created the church mission. 
What are we supposed to be doing in this hour, in this hour of grief and despair and hardship and pain and suffering? We are supposed to be proclaiming the gospel. We are supposed to be, have the transforming power of Christ and the cross. We are supposed to be ambassadors. We are so, we, see, we're representatives of the kingdom. We're, we, see, we are representatives as well. We got a job to do that, some, that many in the house of God, in the body of Christ, we've been shucking. Somebody typing in the chat, stop shucking. Stop shucking. And the third institution that God created, he ordained, the government and what does the government represent? The government represents the laws. The government represents the military. The government represents law enforcement. And the government represents our judicial system. We need to know our government. When we go down and start voting for local, state, and our federal representatives, we need to know some things. We need to make sure we understand because they represent us, my beloved. They represent what we want, what we believe. Let's keep moving. Do we know our government? We need to understand about the government, my beloved. Uh, we need to understand that there are two foundational laws that God has ordained, that God have established. Two foundational laws. And the first one comes out of Matthew chapter 22, 37. It is, and what's the first one? The first law is the revealed law of God. What is the revealed law of God? Y'all know it. The revealed law of God is the Word of God. That's the first law. It's the Word of God. The nation was founded on the law, the revealed Word of God. That's how the founding fathers understood. They believed that the, the first foundational law was created by God, and it was the revealed Word of God. Look what it says. And what is that? It is to love the Lord with all your heart. All your soul, all your mind. Y'all know this passage of Scripture. We know it. You know, we, 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 we kind of know it like they know it on Capitol Hill. We can quote Scripture all day long. But do we actually love God? And the second, we know it again, we know it, is as equally important. We're supposed to love our neighbor as ourselves. Notice what it says here at the end. The entire law, there it is, the revealed law. The entire law is based on these two commandments. We're talking about just understanding our government, understanding what those, what our congressional representatives, what they're supposed. See, it's they represent we, the people. But if we're voting folk in and we're not, we're not scrutinizing them and we're not making sure, knowing what they believe, we're just putting people. That's why we got what we have. What's the second law? The second law is the natural law of God. And here's what the natural law of God is, my beloved. Romans 2.15, Gabby, Jazzy, Sheldon. Look what the natural law of God is, out of, and it tells us out of Romans 2.15. God's law, there it is, is written in their hearts. For their own conscience and thoughts either do one of two things, accuse them or tell them they are doing right or they are doing wrong. Notice what the natural law does. God has put it in every man a conscience. A conscience that tells him that he knows when he's doing what he's doing. That's the natural law. 
That's the, the, what does that mean? God is saying, even, I put it even in the natural man. The natural man, he may not be able to discern the spiritual thing, but I put, the, I put it in his ability, in his mind, that he knows when he's raising hell. He knows when he's a thief. He knows when he's a liar. Why? Because his conscience reveals it to him. And just, by, just so that everybody knows why we have to be careful, the Bible warns us of a seared conscience. Because when you get to the place where you, where you have a seared conscience, you could care less about right or wrong. You will do and say any and every form of evil under the sun when you allow your conscience to be seared. But, oh, God has put it even in sinner, man. The sun, notice what the word of God says. The sun rises on the just and unjust. The rain falls on the just and the unjust. This is the natural law. Do we understand this about our government? My beloved, do you know your government? We need to know our government, my beloved. And as we're taking this stroll, let's keep going. Let's keep going. Don't have much left. We need to know the purpose of government. Do you know the purpose of government? My beloved, the purpose of government, why they're up there, why we, why we put them up there, we put them up there. They are to protect the citizens from foreign enemies and to secure the Constitution, the constitutional rights of what? Life, liberty, and property. And how are they going to do that? They're going to use the military. They're going to use, how are they going to protect us from foreign enemies? They're going to use the military. They're going to use the law. How are they going to protect us here on homeland? They're going to use the law enforcement, and they're going to use the judicial system. But what do we have in the law enforcement? What do we see in law enforcement today? What are we, what are we dealing with in law enforcement today? There are no spiritually principled. There's, there's not enough spiritually principled. But there are not enough Christians working in law enforcement. I know that there are a lot of good men and women Working in law enforcement. But the system, somebody type it in the chat, the system, the system won't ever indict itself. And so just like when we saw with Brianna, with Brianna uh, nothing was done. All these, all these atrocities for black and brown people. And I'm not up here. I'm, I, don't, I'm not, I, don't, I, keep, I keep politics out of the pulpit. But right and wrong. We're talking about right and wrong. And we have a system today. They're supposed to be protecting, but we have a system today because we don't have enough spiritually principled uh, Christians on law enforcement. We have a system. We have a law enforcement system. We have a judicial system that will never indict herself. No more than I've ever seen many Christians come in my office and say, Pastor, it was me. I've been lying, calling people on the phone, trying to sow discord, trying to get people to leave the church, speaking, tail-bearing and gossiping and speaking against you and speaking against leadership. It was me. No more than you have the, 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 any, most Christians. There'll nobody ever comes in my office and say, it was me. I've been the one lying. I've been the one sowing discord. What a tragedy. Is anybody <laughs> tracking with the spirit of God in your pastor? And we are the church. Do you know your government? Do you know your church? <laughs> oh, my God. Let's keep going as we click ready to close. You got to know the government. The governments of the world. There are some governments of the whole world. 
There's monarchies. Y'all know what monarchies are. I just want to make sure everybody knows. That's royalty and nobility. That's a bloodline of, of princes and kings and queens and, and, and princesses who do what? They ultimately ascend to a throne. Doesn't make any difference how if they if they if they if they spiritually principled if they crooks if they if they if they are kind and gentle and loving and care for the people that's what that's a monarchy it just it they just ascend by virtue of the fact that they are a part of a monarchy and a bloodline. What's another government of the world? We have dictatorships and totalitarian totalitarianism. What is that? It's established via violence and oppression and ruling people. You see a lot of times coups happen out there where you have these, these uh, oppressors, we have these dictators take over a government. These are governments, and yet God is fully in control. And then there's democracies and republic, and a republic. And what we need to understand, these are, this, is who, this is part of where we are. Elected officials who are, I put, servants. Elected servants who are supposed to represent the will of the people. I want to make sure we understand, my beloved ladies, when we go, when you go to the polls in 35 days, you're going to be thinking with a different attitude and a different spirit. Let's keep moving as we get ready to wrap it up. Do you know your government? Do you know that the biblical and constitutional form of government is one and the same? They don't know that. They act like they don't know that, but they know the history. They know the history well are congressional leaders on Capitol Hill. The biblical and constitutional form of government is one and the same. Look what here. Uh, you can go there and read it later, but in Exodus 18, 17 through 27, God gave Moses the biblical form of government that America is a republic, not a, dem not a democracy. A democracy is all about numbers. You know, you can shade numbers. That's why we can't get nothing done on Capitol Hill right now because, you know, it's about numbers. You know, if I can get enough, if I can go and move and have a, get on the phone and, and dissuade or persuade enough people to follow and add to the number, the yay and the nay, we, 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 can, we can block some things from getting forward and going, going forward. That's the nonsense we have up there. No, no, no. See, what we need to understand is we, it's all about we the people. America is a republic, rulership by we the people. The representatives, the servants are, are selected by who? We the people. And we do what? We give them limited power. We give them limited power. Why? Because they're responsible to us. You know how? We know that because if we would do what, we spent, what we've been supposed to be doing all these years, when they don't do what we put them up there to do, that's when we vote them out. We move them out, Trey. We haven't moved them. Some of them jokers been up there forever. You know why? Because we don't know our government. We're not paying attention. It's time for us to move some folk out and move some Christians in. Somebody shout hallelujah in the chat. Oh, my beloved, look up here. What we, see, we need to understand we are a republic. A republic has been formed by the people. Abraham Lincoln said it way back then. What kind, of, what kind of government are we going to have? He said, you, you, I'm, you, it's supposed to be a republic if you can keep it. If you can keep it. Do we know our government? My, my, my. Do we know our government? And I'm getting ready to close this thing out. I just wanted to give us a start today of, about our, 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 some foundational things about thine is the kingdom and power. 
And church, we need to understand that the biblical constitution and government is under God. We need to understand that the biblical constitution and government is one in the same, created and fully, somebody write it in the chat, fully in, under, under the control of God. And finally, as I wrap this up today in part one, my beloved new creation, as citizens of the body of Christ, are we supposed to have an allegiance to a particular political platform or party? Are we supposed to align ourselves with a particular? Are we supposed to be fighting and getting angry because of a, 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 a Democrat or a Republican? Are we supposed to be behaving, living and moving and having our being like the rest of the world? No! We're not. We are not. Does God and the Bible require you and I, my beloved, to be tied, to be anchored to a particular political party or platform? No. The two primary platforms, Democrats, we got, we, got, we got Democrats, we got folk just fighting and acting crazy because if you're not a Democrat, yeah, they're liberals and are progressive. It's a liberal or progressive system of belief, and they prefer more government controls and oversight for the economy. That's a republic. That's, I can could, I could tell you a lot about a Democrat, but I don't want to go through all that. We don't need to do all that. Just want to give you a little bit the basic, the basic foundation of what they believe. Uh, Republicans, they are more conservative. They prefer smaller and less government. They prefer less spending. They, they feel like less spending creates a financially more healthy and secure economy. But they fight, it, but it's a continual fight over not... Not that, but money, power, and turf. But just remember what Pastor said. The, 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 what they're fighting over is ours. We, the people, put them there. We, the people, the government is under God, which means the government belong, is under us. God is in control. God Remember, you heard me say it. God appoints kings, princes. He raises them up. He puts them down. And so, my beloved, as we get ready to close, Proverbs 29 and 4 says, A just and righteous king gives stability to the nation. Proverbs 29 and 2 says, With good men and women in authority, the people rejoice. With good men and women, Christians on Capitol Hill, the people rejoice. But with the wicked in power, with people fighting in power, with people who have not, who don't have a calling to serve the people, with you put them in power, the people will groan. The people will suffer. And so, my beloved, as I close, as we are getting ready to move in 35 days to the polls, we need to understand and remember some things. We need to understand and remember some things. And so, my beloved, while Americans are waiting and suffering, in the meantime, there's fighting over power, money. It's, tur it's a turf war fight like two gang groups, reds and, reds and, bl reds and blues. And it's time for that to cease. 
And so, my beloved, over the weeks, we are going to prepare for uh, this election with the objective. Father God wants the body of Christ to think when you go to the polls, you don't think political. You think spiritual because you don't belong to a party. We're going to find that out in, 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 the, in the last week when, it, when we talk about voting. We're going to find that out. And so, my beloved, listen to the Spirit of God in your pastor as I close. Beloved, we're in a season and time where we are facing a tsunami of such force and destruction with this virus, with this pandemic, with the racial discord, with the legal system, with the law enforcement system, with all these systems, with poverty, with people losing jobs, with death all around us. My beloved, I'm saying to all of us, we need to hide ourselves in the cleft of the rock. We need to hide ourselves in the cleft of the rock. We need to cry out to God of the nations and say, God, peace be still. Please, Lord, still. Still the craziness. My beloved, we need an anchor in this season we're in, this, in this tsunami period. We need an anchor uh, that our mind and souls Will that everything that comes out of our mouth is Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. My beloved, in this tsunami period, we need to trust God and fix and let God fix it. We got to trust God. He's going to fix it. He's in control. But while we're waiting, we need to thank God. We need to, the Bible says in all things, give thanks. We need to stop crying and whining. When are we going to get back into church? When, when, when? We need to stop crying and whining. If you, if, if you have a relationship with God, if you, if you know how to pick up your Bible, if you've just been coming in with us and being a part, we have missed the beat. Those of you who haven't come in, well, of course you feel a certain way. Of course you do. But our eyes and mind have been fixed on being in the Bible classes, being in the women's ministry, being in the men's ministry, being in the couple's ministry, bringing our children into all of the platforms. Why? Because we're going, we're trying to stay safe in the ark. But if you haven't been hanging out, uh, I don't know what you've been doing. But yeah. I understand some of you are feeling a certain way, but we're in a time, it's a tsunami, and we're still in the middle of it, but while we're in it, we need to keep our eyes on God. We need to trust in the Lord. I will trust in the Lord. I will trust. That's what we have to do. Because Jesus is the author and finisher. He's got the last. We have the last word, my beloved. And so, family and God of God, I'm going to stop right there and remind us in these next three weeks about a certain kind of resolve that we need to have and mindset we need to have when we go to the polls. Listen to this song. Listen to this song. My God, my God, do you know your government? Do you know? Are you spiritually principled? Are you spiritually principled?
Are you spiritually principled? Testify. I know what it's like. Yes. Yes. To be in the presence of the Lord. Yes. And I know what time it is. <laughs> yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Because time stood still. Let's cry out to God for our money. Let's cry out to God. Bodies were healed. Let's meditate on the word of God, the song. Let's meditate on it. Families restored. Mm. My God. Because we stay here. In the presence of the Lord. In the presence. We have to stay in the presence. No one had to say of a God. Word. No matter what's going on all around us. Couldn't even make a sound. Yes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But I give up everything. Who I know. My government. For this treasure of fire. More importantly, do I know my Savior? Jesus and Christ. Thine is the kingdom and power. So I say, stay. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I don't want you to go. No, God. No, Lord. No, no. No, Lord. Because my heart is burning. Oh, hallelujah. <laughs> In your presence, Lord. In your presence. There's peace in your presence. In your presence, there's strength. No, no, no. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Is anybody's heart in your presence, Lord? For King Jesus. King Jesus. And I want more. Thank you, Jesus. I want more. Have mercy. Mercy. I want more. My God. Jesus, I want more. Does anybody want more? Does anybody yeah. feel like I feel in this room? I want more. <laughs> I want more. Yeah. Thank you, Lord. I want more. I want more. Jesus, Jesus, I want more. up holy hands while you say I want more. We need to cry out to God. We need to cry out to God. We need to, we need to repent. We need to repent. If my people are called by my name, called by my name, humble. Come on, I'm the only one who has a burning heart. Turn on that wicked race. We need more. We need more God. 
God on Capitol Hill. We need more God in our homes. We need more God in the church. Hallelujah. Jesus, I want Pray for our president. We got to pray for our Congress, our government. We need more Jesus. We have to have more God in our local, in our state, and in our federal government. We got to have more God. When we go to the polls in 35 days, we got to vote. God to the best we can with what we have on the balance here locally in Las Vegas in the state of Nevada and everywhere all the way up wherever you are if you're in Texas you need more God if you're in Mississippi you need more God Mississippi needs more God if you're in Ohio Ohio needs more God if you're in Chicago Chicago needs more God. The world needs more God. Hallelujah. Father, I thank you today for this word. It was a simple word, yet it was a word from heaven about our responsibility as a church, as we are your representatives the church, not part of a political party, not aligned, no allegiance. The only allegiance we have is to the kingdom party, the kingdom platform. And Father, I just pray on behalf of the church universal that they are, there are so many times when we, the good that we're trying to do, it can be evil spoken of because we are not following, we are not being led by your word. We're not being led by the spiritual platform. And so, Father, we pray for the church today. You said when the church repents, when the church turns from its wicked ways, you said you'll heal the land. That means you'll heal. The land means everything and everyone in it. Oh, happy days. When we, the church, get ourselves together and actually mean it when we sing it and when we say it, I want more. Watch over us this week, Father. This virus, there's death happening. Death is still happening at, at numbers, at rates. People are still struggling financially. Racial discord and 
disharmony is, and still, people are still walking the streets. There's still things, people are still getting shot and killed. And so, Father, we just cry out to you, Lord. We want more. We need more God. We need more Jesus. We need Capitol Hill to transform into Zion's Hill. In Jesus' name, amen. My beloved, God bless you. I hope that you have tracked and followed along with this teaching today as we started again a journey down a history. We've taken a little bit of history today. We went back and looked at what kind of nation are we founded under. We are founded under God. And so I pray that you will come back next week and as we look into part two, we're going to learn a lot next week. All three of these teachings, the left that I have left, there's going to be a lot to give you, but it's all in arm having us be prepared to think spiritually and not politically in a few weeks. I love you. I'll see many of you in this evening in chat with the pastor at 5 o'clock. God bless you. We love you. We'll see you soon. We need more. Need more God. Hmm? Yes, sir. We need a, we need a lot of decline.